From the American Society of Cataract and Refractive Surgery, I'm Josh Young, and this is As Seen From Here. On today's podcast, TAS at Aravind. The process of TAS usually starts within 12 hours of surgery and manifests usually within the first 24 hours in most eyes. First this. As seen from here reaches ophthalmologists in 98 countries, transfers more than half a terabit of podcasts every month, but the potential audience is much larger. Please tell your colleagues about this free resource, Flattening the Ophthalmic World. And while you're at it, let your residents and fellows know about Open Ophthalmology, a free basic science video podcast, already a force in ophthalmic education with 1,800 viewers watching 6,000 video lectures every month. Information wants to be free. Help me give it away. By definition, you've performed the cataract extraction flawlessly, without even a hint of a complication. The wounds are watertight and remain so. The posterior capsule is pristine, and the IOL is positioned perfectly without any irritation to the sulcus, the ciliary body, or to the iris. So why is the eye so inflamed? A hypopian? How could that be? Well, it is, and it's called Toxic Anterior Segment Syndrome, or TAS. It's been a problem in the United States, and as Dr. Sengupta reports, it's been a problem at Aravind as well. Dr. Sengupta, my guest today, is here to talk about the incidence and long-term outcomes of TAS at Aravind. What constitutes TAS? That is toxic anterior segment syndrome. It is a sterile postoperative inflammatory reaction is caused by a non-infectious substance that enters the anterior segment during surgery, leads to a breakdown of the blood aqueous barrier, and results in toxic damage to intraocular tissues. It usually occurs after anterior segment surgery, Trichomosification being the commonest setting, but has also been described after fakicyol implantation and keratoplasty. The diagnosis of TAS is usually limited to eyes that have undergone cataract surgery by experienced surgeons with minimal tissue manipulation and must be made with caution in eyes that have experienced extensive manipulation, such as iris prolapse, iridectomy, iris sphincter manipulation, and anterior vitrectomy. In other words, the anterior segment inflammation in TAS is uh, usually unexpected and is basically a surprise during the early postoperative evaluation. Characterized by presence of limbus to limbus corneal edema, anterior chamber cells and flares, fibrin reaction, and hypopion in severe cases. However, the entire spectrum may not be seen in all cases. But anterior chamber reaction and presence of fibrin is almost universal. Corneal edema occurs to a variable extent and involves the stroma as well as the epithelium. Desperate membrane folds are not encountered. Presence of a hypopion usually indicates severe inflammation, and it is in these eyes with hypopion that need to be differentiated from acute postoperative infectious endophthalmitis. How soon after surgery need the inflammation appear to be classified as TAS, and does the presence of vitritis exclude the diagnosis of TAS? The process of TAS usually starts within 12 hours of surgery and manifests usually within the first 24 hours in most eyes. However, worsening may be seen over the first 72 hours despite intensive topical steroid therapy even in TAS. 
Hence, the rapidity of onset of inflammation that is within the first 24 hours of surgery, rather than the initial response to steroids, is more important in differentiating TAS from infectious endophthalmitis. Presence of vitritis involving the anti-vitreous, especially if the eye has experienced intraoperative posterior capsular rupture, is not uncommon in TAS. However, involvement of the mid-vitreous cavity and the posterior vitreous tilt the diagnosis towards infectious endophthalmitis. Vitritis seen on ultrasound evaluation must be interpreted with caution and the intensity and number of echoes must be reported in comparison to the other eye. Vitritis should prompt clinicians to repeat ultrasound examination frequently, maybe even every four hours, to see worsening. If this is noted, diagnostic antichamber and or vitreous tap followed by prophylactic intravitreal antibiotics may be indicated and may be combined with intravitreal dexamethasone at the discretion of the treating clinician. Is TAS typically an isolated occurrence or will a particular OR or surgery center generate a, a, a number of TAS cases at a time? TAS has been typically described in clusters originating from a particular OR on a particular day or maybe even over a week. Most etiologies for TAS have also been described from such clusters. However, in our own experience at Arvind Rai hospitals, we have encountered isolated cases as well. Etiology for such isolated or sporadic cases is often obscure, and extensive investigations to, to determine the cause in such isolated cases are often not economically feasible. Occurrence of any unexpected inflammation in the immediate post-operative period following uncomplicated cataract surgery must be labeled as TAS despite being isolated or in clusters. A cluster must prompt extensive investigations to, to determine the etiology. Is TAS treated presumptively as infectious end ophthalmitis and at what point is the diagnosis generally made? TAS is treated presumptively as infectious endophthalmitis when the following scenarios occur. First is presence of a poor red glow. Second is involvement of the mid or posterior vitreous cavity uh, seen on ultrasound examination. Third is a clinical worsening following intensive topical steroid therapy. Uh, for example, occurrence of a hypopion when none existed at presentation. And fourth is infiltrates involving the cataract surgery wound. In our experience, only one organism may mimic TAS and present in the very early post-operative period, that is within the first 12 to, 12 to 24 hours, and that is by Bacillus cereus. This organism is devastating and typically presents with very high intraocular pressure in the immediate post-operative period, followed by brownish exudates in the anterior chamber and necrotizing retinitis within hours, leading to loss of the globe as well. Dr. Sangupta, what question did your study seek to answer? We performed a study to primarily determine the long-term outcomes of eyes experiencing TAS. Most literature on this is speculative, and there are few case series that describe corneal decompensation and glaucoma as complications. However, their incidence and risk factors were not known. So we sought to determine how many with TAS have poor anatomical and visual outcomes. We also looked at the incidence of TAS at our institute during the one-year study period. Can I get you to describe the design of your study? We performed a retrospective study to determine the long-term outcomes of TAS at an Arvind Rai hospital. I shall give you a little background on Arvind Rai care systems as well. 
There are a network of five regional eye hospitals that provide high level ophthalmic care to the underprivileged population of southern India. Of the approximately 200,000 cataract procedures performed annually, about 30% are performed on private paying patients, and this revenue also funds the remaining 70% of cataract surgeries, which are provided at little or no cost to the individual. On average, physicians in our network of hospitals collectively perform more than 800 intraocular surgeries per day. All files are electronically stored in the medical records department and coded according to the diagnosis. We reviewed 60 eyes that experienced TAS during May 2008 to May 2009. For the purpose of the study, how Mm -hmm. was TAS defined? For the study, TAS was defined as unusually severe postoperative inflammation with or without fibrin or hypopion occurring during or within the first 24 hours of surgery with signs of inflammation restricted to the anterior segment on initial presentation and a favorable response to topical steroid agents such as reduction in the size of hypopion or complete resolution of inflammation. The severity of TAS was also classified in our study as mild, moderate or severe based on the anterior chamber inflammatory reaction at initial presentation. Severe iridocyclitis without fibrin or hypopion was deemed as mild TAS. The presence of fibrin without a hypopion constituted moderate TAS and severe TAS required the presence of a hypopion. Authors in subsequent reports may use this severity scale so that the magnitude of inflammation can be quantified and hence globally compared. What was your treatment regimen in this study? All patients with suspected TAS were treated on an inpatient basis and were examined twice a day during their hospital stay. They were treated with intensive hourly topical prednisolone acetate 1% eye drops along with topical ketrolac, ciprofloxacin, and homatropine. The topical steroid agent was tapered on an individual basis according to the clinical response, while topical ketrolac was continued for three weeks in all eyes. Anti-glaucoma medications were prescribed in all eyes with conledema. Anterior and vitreous tasks for gram staining and bacterial culture and sensitivity studies were performed in eyes with hypopion, persisting for more than three days despite intensive topical steroid therapy. For this study, what were your main outcome measures? For the study, our primary outcome measures were uh, corrected, best corrected distance visual acuity, intraocular pressure, the status of the cornea, and other adverse events that could be attributed to TAS at the one month and six month follow up visits. Can I get you to tell me your results? What were your, your findings from this study? We found the incidence of TAS to be 0.22%, which is more than twice the incidence of infectious postoperative endophthalmitis seen at our institute, which we have reported to be 0.09% in the Journal of Cataract Refractive Surgery in 2009. This may, be the, this may be likely in other setups as well, and more data needs to be generated on the incidence of TAS worldwide. Out of the 60 cases of TAS, we found two clusters. One cluster was due to a balanced solution with a pH lower than 6, and denatured OVDs were responsible for the other cluster of 79s. What TAS-related complications did you observe? All eyes showed good recovery of inflammation within a mean of six to seven days, and at one month post-operative period, all eyes showed excellent visual recovery irrespective of mild, moderate, or severe TAS. At six months, common sequelae of TAS were patchy iris atrophy with 
varying degrees of pupillary distortion and midriasis, which is seen in about 25% of the cases, followed by early posterior capsular opacification, anterior phimosis, and cystoid macular edema. None of the eyes had persistent corneal edema or raised intraocular pressure. Now, outside of your study, what factors have been identified as being associated with TAS, Dr. Sankopta? A lot of literature has accumulated over the past six years identifying various causes of TAS. The most comprehensive of these has been provided by the ASCRS TAS Task Force in 2010 from retrospective evaluation of a web-based questionnaire compiling data from over eight different countries. Inadequate flushing of the FACO and IA handpieces after surgery was the most commonly observed and reported behavior that led to TAS in this series. Other etiologies include denatured OVDs, endotoxins, preservatives such as benzylconium chloride and bisulfites, heavy metal residue, fine matter particulates, and substances introduced into the antechamber that are at a pH or concentration that is toxic to the sensitive endothelial cells, such as adrenaline, tripan blue, lignocaine, etc. Typically, are the etiologies different in TAS outbreaks that are in clusters from sporadic TAS cases? It is difficult to isolate a causative agent in sporadic cases of TAS. However, we believe that inadequate cleaning procedures, especially involving irrigation aspiration tips and various cannulas, are probably responsible for isolated cases. However, clusters occur when products such as OEDs, or balance of solutions or intraocular lenses from the same batch are involved. However, this is speculative and there is not enough data in literature to authenticate this. In the context of clinical practice, are there any aids to identification or guidelines for treatment of tasks or anything else that might be of help to the clinician? I'll summarize a bit on the aids to identification and then summarize on the guidelines for treatment. So aids to, in aids to identification, we have, we, one must remember that diagnosis is mainly clinical and it is essential to differentiate tasks from acute post-operative infectious endophthalmitis. The onset of intense inflammation in the immediate post-operative period, which is unexpected and shows presence of good fundal glow, relative lack of pain, good response to topical steroids, and absence of arthritis involving the mid or posterior vitreous cavity are suggestive of tasks. We believe that patients are best treated with hospital admission and slit lamp evaluation every three to four hours for the initial 48 hours to note evidence of clinical worsening, such as appearance of a new infiltrate in the cataract surgery wound, appearance of hypopion, or increasing echoes on ultrasound. Earliest evidence of an infective focus can be identified if the patient has been examined frequently and aggressive treatment with intravitreal antibiotics and a vitrectomy can be undertaken as necessary. And summarizing the guidelines for treatment, Mammalis and his group have provided excellent guidelines for the diagnosis and treatment of TAS way back in 2006, and they still hold good. Intensive topical steroids lead to resolution of inflammation in most eyes, as seen in our study. Treatment of sequelae such as capsular phimosis and early posterior capsular opacification with NDA capsulotomy, appropriate treatment of CME, and persistently raised intraocular pressure lead to excellent long-term visual results in the majority of TAS eyes. However, this is not a rule, and the nature of the causative agent and extent of initial damage determine the final outcome. 
Long term sequelae such as tubular distortion and iris atrophy may cause problems in eyes that have received multifocal or accommodative IOLs. Dr. Sengupta, thank you so much. My pleasure, my pleasure. Dr. Sunny Sengupta is Vitreo Retina Fellow at the Aravind Eye Hospital and Postgraduate Institute of Ophthalmology in Pondicherry, India. His paper, Incidents and Long-Term Outcomes of Toxic Anterior Segment Syndrome at the Aravind Eye Hospital, appears in the September 2011 issue of the Journal of Cataract and Refractive Surgery. Ask questions of Dr. Sengupta or any of our previous guests, or make a comment about any of the topics we've discussed. These interviews are meant to be the start of a conversation in which you participate. Write to me with your questions or comments at jyoungmd at gmail.com. As Seen From Here is a production of the American Society of Cataract and Refractive Surgery. Be a part of the next podcast. I'm Josh Young.